Hopefully you're not tired of hearing my voice yet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. As I reflected on our lessons for this week, I couldn't help but think of the conversation we had at the end of last week's adult forum. Father Chase asked everyone what they would like to talk about this week, and several people brought up the idea of talking about what it means to be blessed. Now, as soon as we settled on this topic, I have to be honest, my millennial mind immediately went to the trendy hashtag, hashtag blessed, and those signs that hang on the wall that say thankful, grateful, blessed, or too blessed to be stressed, the list goes on. And if you scroll on Instagram or Facebook for all of five minutes, I'm almost certain you'll find at least one photo captioned that way. And in some ways, this is a bad thing. We have made being blessed, being grateful, a cliche. But on the other hand, maybe it's not so bad. Gratitude is good. In fact, recent research shows that gratitude is actually good for you. There are studies that show that gratitude correlates with higher levels of well-being and health. Grateful people report higher levels of positive emotions, satisfaction, vitality, optimism, and lower levels of depression and stress. Gratitude often nurtures generalized compassion and altruistic behavior in people. And there is even some evidence based on medical studies using state-of-the-art monitoring techniques that gratitude is physically good for your heart. On the other hand, however, another recent study published in The Guardian found that less than 15% of people say thank you when somebody does something for them with any regularity. And this number fluctuates anywhere between 2 and 14% based on the language and culture of the person being surveyed. So on the one hand, we have evidence that shows gratitude is good for you, while on the other, we have empirical data that suggests people are not actually very grateful. I dare to say none of this is new. Philosophers and religious teachers have been telling us about the benefits of gratitude for some time. Cicero, the great poet, said that there is no quality I would rather have and be thought to have than gratitude. For it is not only the greatest virtue, but it is the mother of all the rest. Meister Eckhart, that great medieval Christian thinker, famously said, if, you only, if the only prayer you said in your life was thank you, it would suffice. And G.K. Chesterton, uh, the author of the Father Brown novels, which are a guilty pleasure of mine right now, said, the test of all happiness is gratitude. And yet, even in the time of Jesus, people did not always thank people for what they had done for them. We need only look to the gospel we heard just a moment ago, which tells us that this happened even to Jesus himself. In our gospel lesson today, we have a story of gratitude found in an unlikely person in an unlikely place. It is the healing of the ten lepers. 
and in Jesus' day, lepers were quite literally cut off from the community because of their physical illness. It was a condition that was met with fear and ignorance because people believed it was more contagious than it was. The leper was to be removed from sight and isolated from all communal and religious contact. In Leviticus, the law says the leper was who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang long and loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone in a habitation outside the camp. Disease and isolation are multiple illnesses. Well, Jesus is traveling through Samaria and Galilee on the way to Jerusalem. He sees a group of lepers draw near, but they are also careful not to get too close. They draw near out of their need. They keep their distance because of their disease. Their illness creates a barrier between them and others, between themselves and the community. But in the presence of Jesus, the lepers do not cry out, unclean, unclean. Rather, they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They know that something is different about Jesus. Out of the pain of their disease and the depths of their isolation, they cry out to the Lord to have mercy upon them. And he does. Jesus tells them to go and wash and show themselves to the priests as the law requires when someone is healed. And as they go, they are made clean, restored to health. They will also be restored to the community. No more wearing torn clothes, tattered garments on a tattered body. No more long hair hanging over their blotched and blemished faces. No more yelling out, unclean, unclean, from covered lips. No more dwelling alone outside the camp. On the way to see the priests, one of the lepers who was healed turns back and praises God. He comes and prostrates himself at Jesus' feet and thanks him. And the surprise ending of this story is that the one who praises God and gives thanks for his healing is a Samaritan. He was not only physically ill, but a social outcast. The one isolated not only by illness, but also by his culture and religion, turns back and gives praise to God. He is the only one. We are not told why the other lepers who had been healed did not turn back. But I would hazard a guess that it is because for some, gratitude seems more like a vice than a virtue. Gratitude seems to express a sense of neediness and dependence that many would rather not acknowledge. And if they do acknowledge it, they resent it. And I think this holds true in our day and age. We often feel entitled to those things we desire because we tell ourselves that we are good and worthy and the world owes us something. The, sto the story of the Samaritan leper reminds us that the appropriate response of faith to the goodness and mercy of God is to be grateful. 
the Samaritan did not feel entitled to the gift he received that day. He knew that he was dependent upon God and that what he received was not based on anything he had done. The faith that made him whole was not a pride in himself or a sense of entitlement, but a humble trust in the faithfulness of God who he encountered in the person of Jesus. Over the last few weeks, we have talked about various facets of faith as found in the gospel according to Luke. Last week, Mother Sarah reminded us that faith is a gift. And like the parable of the mustard seed, that seed of faith is planted by God within us, and we must nurture it. So let us learn from the Samaritan and nurture the faith that is in us by cultivating a spirit of gratitude for each and every gift we receive. Let us remind ourselves that we are not self-sufficient or entitled, but wholly dependent upon the grace of God, that free gift that proceeds and follows us, as the words of our colic today reminds us. Our earthly lives are a journey, somewhere between Samaria and Galilee, between illness and health, between exile and return, somewhere between faith and faithlessness. We are all traveling along the way. Because of the frailty of our bodies, we will also come to illness at some point in our lives. Because of the devices and desires of our hearts, we will all suffer from the fear and distrust that separates us from our neighbors and from God. But because of the faithfulness of God, we know that we will encounter and we know that we will encounter Jesus on our way and that our cry for mercy will be heard. The death and resurrection of Christ assure us that we no longer have to stay in the brokenness or despair in which we find ourselves. Because as St. Paul reminds us, if we die with Christ, we will also be, live with him. And that is good news. So my friends, let us learn from the leper's example and let us return here to this altar time and time again, to the place where we encounter the presence of Christ and the nearness of the Lord. Let us heed the advice of those who've gone before us and be grateful. Let us set an example for the rest of the world to see that we might be thankful and offer a prayer of thanks to God because in the faithfulness of Jesus, we are truly blessed. And that's not a cliche at all.